I really wish this to be a little letter to Democrats or, or to liberals or never Trumpers or whoever it is out there that believes themselves to be in opposition to the president for whatever noble cause it is they serve. Uh, I also wish this could be like a message to, I don't know, Hillary Clinton herself, to John Podesta, to the establishment as a whole, like to every sitting senator and congressman, like those people are who I wish could hear this. But I know that even if a Democrat did find some way to stumble upon my podcast that averages like 20 listens, uh, the only thing that would happen is that they would like immediately turn it off and decide that their time would be better spent listening to other things, which is fine. But it needs to be said, I think, and I, I, I've really wanted to record something because I've had these thoughts floating around in my head, and it's taken me time, but here I am back on the Sal of the Earth podcast. I think it's been lost in the nonstop media hysteria that has followed Donald Trump into the White House. How utterly important the 2016 presidential election and the preceding, preceding, whatever came before, uh, primaries, how significant historically those moments in time were, and how proud this country should be of where it is right now. And unfortunately, there are two realities. I've written about it on my blog. I've spoken about it here. But there are two realities in this country right now. There is the reality of Donald Trump, the conspirator who stole the 2016 election by colluding with the Russians in some ambiguous way to influence the election in some unmeasurable way, and therefore taking the seat of the presidency and in doing so furthering an agenda of fascism uh, in service to Putin in opposition to all things that are American values, such as decency and respect, and, like, not being a racist, and all these ideas. I think that's one reality. And then there's an opposing reality, where Donald Trump defied all odds and expectations, ascended to the position of President of the United States, and in doing so has rattled and, uh, maybe in some points of views, destroyed the establishment that preceded him and i mean you know what camp i'm in i i believe that donald trump is you know on on the right side of things i support him um but it's not unreasonable to be on the other side of things there are valid reasons to believe those things but with a caveat because of my perspective but also because i mean truth can only be one of those things truth i I guess we have to entertain the possibility that the truth could be somewhere in the middle, that Donald Trump both is the fair president of the United States, but also that Russia helped. Like, there are middle grounds, but at least 
for our purposes, Donald Trump either colluded with Russia or he didn't. Donald Trump either defeated an establishment cabal of organized criminals or he didn't. And once the truth of the reality comes out, one side of this country, and it feels like 50%. Everyone knows it's like, oh, 50% of America feels this way. But if we're being honest, it's not. It's probably closer to like maybe 25%. Like, maybe 25% of the country cares passionately on either side, but then there's another 25% of the country on either side, so 50%, that probably hardly pay attention at all. When you look at the viewerships of, like, these networks or the readerships of these newspapers, you'd be staggered to really consider how few people in this country actually pay attention. And that's probably for the best. Because when the truth comes out, you won't have this incredulous reaction like you're going to have from one side or the other because they're going to be unable to wrap their mind around the truth that their reality was wrong. But when one side does get to the point of accepting that the reality was wrong, it's going to be because of the facts that are presented to them. And I think what we are going to see and what I think has been lost back to my original point, is that those elections were incredibly important because it's finally going to allow us to see the nature of the reality in which this country operates in. Um, there are people, I'm a conspiracy theorist, pre, pre, preface this, preface, preface. There are people in this country who believe that the United States of America has been under the control of a criminal organization, essentially, for the better part of, what, two decades? Some would say going back to the Kennedy assassination, still others would say going back to even before the Civil War, still others saying that the United States was conceived in this corrupt cabal. It doesn't matter if you believe one of those things or not. It doesn't matter if you believe uh, America is wholesome, our democracy is sacred, and every election prior to Donald Trump has been without flaw, the will of the people, and that every war the United States entered into is just and all these other things. You can believe whatever you want. I don't care. But I'm telling you that there are people who believe for reasons that are valid. There are facts that exist that support these beliefs. They believe that the United States government has been under the control of a hostile, corrupt, criminal organization for a long time. And because of that, they supported Donald Trump. But others came to this conclusion recently, after the election. Others came to this conclusion on their way to the election. But the point is, we all recognize that something in this country is wrong, and Donald Trump's sheer candidacy represented opposition to the establishment that came before. We all knew that they didn't want Donald Trump to win. We all knew that the odds were stacked against him. We all knew that if the elections were going to be corrupted and rigged, it would be against him. The Russia narrative was constructed to disguise that. They knew, they the opposition, they knew Hillary Clinton was going to win. 
And I don't just mean like, I mean, in one sense, like, yes, they kind of had their thumbs on the scales. And politics in America, it would be dishonest to suggest that there aren't unethical practices that happen on both sides in elections in local counties and districts. That's a dirty politics, and it goes back a long way. They would drive drunkards to polls in multiple places going back decades and decades and decades into the 1800s, into the late 1700s. Uh, it's just how this democracy operates. So I got annoyed in the primary when I supported Bernie Sanders because of how blatant ballot box stuffing was, how blatant busing in people who probably aren't eligible to vote, uh, purging voter rolls, all these things that they threw in your face to rig an election, the superdelegates, I mean, come on. Obviously, the fix was in against Bernie Sanders. And that little glimpse at corruption was enough to open me up to the possibility that maybe the corruption is a little bit greater than I, than I ever thought. I was a political purist. I really did love, I do, I do love American politics. And when I was in college, like I studied politics and I decided not to because I think it brings out the worst in a lot of people. And I think until you recognize that fact, a lot of the other facts that follow that fact will be impossible to recognize. Politics brings out the worst in humanity. Power is at the heart of politics. Now, I like politics. I'm a nerd. I like governance. And I think there are a lot of, a lot of people in Congress and Senate right now who, who are in politics because they like governance. They like to make decisions that impact people's lives in positive ways. They want to enrich their communities by providing great resources, resource allocation and, and, uh, projects and, and new invigorating, um, you know, just things in their community. I do think there are people like that in DC, but I think they are far outnumbered by an ever growing number of people who are brought there for reasons that are for personal enrichment and personal gain for reasons that are even more nefarious than that. People brought in by friends to enrich others around the globe. The United States, I believe, and I think if you really opened your mind up to that possibility and then looked at the way our politicians behave, and I'm talking about their votes. I'm talking about who they hang, who they get money from privately. I'm talking about uh, who they decide to socialize with. I think you'd see that the cabal, and I, I use that word only because it's the word that is associated with it most. And I know it turns people off, like to think about a, a secret group meeting and coordinating together. But if it were to exist, how would you know? Unless you look for it. What I'm telling you is you don't have to look hard. And that's why people don't believe it. So like, I can give you a whole bunch of information that I don't know how um, sturdy the end claims are. But the facts of it, like, 
Like, I can reach conclusions based on a whole bunch of facts. Anyone can. Like, if we're being detectives, that's what we're doing. Let's try to find this crime. So let's find evidence of it. Because we have the results. You know, we have a, decay, we have a decaying American society, or we did before Donald Trump took office. We had a society built on wars, built on uh, joblessness, built on, you know... This idea that the dream had passed us by. There's a hopelessness. And that's the irony of the, the Obama years that we're going to find when we, as soon as we move on and we're allowed to be honest about the historical context that the presidencies were placed in, this is what we'll remember. We'll remember Bill Clinton as a president who saw tremendous wealth, but also a shift in power. We're going we're gonna to look at, you know, the Telecommunications Act, the Prison Reform Act, all these different bills that were passed under his administration, and we're, and we're going to see this sh tremendous shift in power from the lower class upwards. And then we're going to look at Bush, and we're going to remember endless wars that were started. And we're going to look at Obama, and we're going to remember the fact that he promised hope and change, but by the time the administration ended, his talking points were about how we need to accept what the new reality of America was. He was the conditioning factor to what America is now, which is 1% growth and a lot of unemployment and, and hardship and despair, but also social equality and a new, and a new way to look at the world. It was a second, essentially a second sexual revolution, except it was like a, a homosexual sub revolution. And this isn't anything knocking it. I think it's, I think gay marriage is a great thing. And I think that, uh, it's important that we recognize the, the honesty of what happened. The Obama administration was a, a large step in conditioning this country into accepting a new way of life in America, where economically we're crippled, internationally we're despised, and domestically we are extremely liberal. That was the, essentially the point. And the next thing that was going to happen was that Hillary Clinton was going to be president, and it will be like this final stage where everything we get, we get because of you know, we deserve it. This is just what it is. Welcome to life. And Donald Trump represents the exact opposite of that. And so did Bernie Sanders. And that's why both those movements had to be killed. And I know it sounds crazy to think about a master plan of politicians to decay their own country. Why would they ever do that? Look at their bank accounts. It's not hard. Like, I don't know. I, like, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm willing to admit I don't know if Pizzagate is real. I don't know if the Clinton Foundation is actually a slush fund. I don't know if Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton ever conspired to murder anyone. How could I f possibly know? But you don't know they didn't. And I will show you case after case after case after case after case after case where the circumstances point to that conclusion alone that this government has been owned and operated by criminals for a long time. And that's okay. It's not our fault. It feels like we've been betrayed. I know. It hurts. I know. To admit that is to admit that everything we've done for a long time has been wrong. We, we've, we've been misled. You're going to feel, and I don't mean, I really don't mean to minimize rape when I say this, but I'm, I'm elevating the context of what happened to America. We are all victims of a crime akin to societal rape. It was a rape and pillaging by 
the powerful against the people they assumed power from. It was a violation of the social contract. Your government betrayed you. The people you elected betrayed you. And I'm not talking about this political bullshit you'll hear on Fox News. Like, oh, you know, you were, your politicians are betraying them. Vote them out. That's not what I'm saying. Make, I want to be very clear. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, the powerful people in this country ascended power and clung to power for no other reason than to rip you off, to lie to you, and to exploit you, and then maybe kill you. Or take your kids. Or traffic your organs. Or traffic your drugs. Get you addicted to, to painkillers. Like all these things that show signs of poor society are things that governments are supposed to correct. And maybe over time they do, but really what we're seeing is this repeated pattern of a failure of government. And this is what uh, really reinforces the arguments of liberal, of uh, liberals, oh God, of, of uh, libertarians. <laughs> you know, this notion that you can't trust the government with everything. Like, yeah, because power is corrupting. And it corrupts absolutely. And all those truisms are truisms for a reason. It happens. And when it goes unchecked for long enough, there's no, there's no way to argue. I mean, just look at, here. here's another argument I'll make. Here, take this, argue this. If this country, if that's so unbelievable, that like, let's say, the most powerful families in the country, the Bushes and the Clintons, are like part of a, like essentially a political crime syndicate the likes the world has never seen. Let's say that's complete fantasy. Well, I'm going to tell you that in America, we joke openly about the fact that bribery is legal. Like, I live in New Jersey. I should probably, maybe I shouldn't give that information away. I'm sure most of the people listening to this know me anyway, so it's fine. Which, thank you. If you know me and you listen to this and you're still my friend, this, you're my true friends. <laughs> I apologize for being unhinged politically, but some of us have to be. <sighs> In this country, we joke about how bribery is legal. Like, we, we all kind of know that to be true, right? Congress and Senate got together to pass laws and made it really hard to prosecute congressmen and senators for, you know, bribery. So they can accept bribes. Lobbying, the system of lobbying itself, is essentially bribery out in the open. It's publicly disclosed bribery, and it relies on the fact that you're too bored with it all because you know how bullshit it all is to even care. We all hate it, but it happens. Well, it's just how the system works. Fuck that. Who makes the system? We do, but we don't anymore. Why? How? When did we, when did we lose that power to decide that? Why is it okay for our congressmen and senators to make those laws? Student loan debt. Oh man, I'm going to get this wrong. But if you look into it, you'll find the correct statistic and it will blow your mind as much as it blown mine, even though, uh, even though it's true. The student loan bankruptcy laws, like congressmen and senators made it a loophole so that like grandkids and, and kids of congressmen and senators can like default on student loans or something shit like that. But, it, it, but you'll see that pattern over and over again. Like look at Citizens United where, you know, super PACs and PACs can be created and act as unlimited funds for these politicians to, to just 
do whatever they want. The Clinton Foundation and the McCain Foundation. If you look at the Clinton Foundation and their donor list, it was unbelievable to me during the primaries when I would talk to Clinton supporters about the Clinton Foundation, how hard it would be for them to grasp that the Clinton Foundation would be unethical. But when you look at their actions in Haiti alone, it's a, it's one thing to dismiss a source, but Peter Schweitzer's book, Clinton Cash, has never really been disputed by anyone legitimately. But the the left, and if you're someone who honestly loves the Clintons and wants to to defend them, and you're listening to this, honestly, please do. Like, talk to me about it, because I need it. I, I really honestly do. But the Clinton Foundation operated in Haiti as if as if they wanted Haiti to fail with complete disregard for what the government of Haiti wanted and to this day they're despised in Haiti by Haitians read what they did in that book that has never been disputed I, like I, I don't understand this guy's desire to dismiss the source that it was written by a former Breitbart author a far-right journalist like who cares that information is shitty for the Clintons. It really is. My point is, you can go and find sources that support the notion that the Clintons are bad. So it doesn't have to necessarily be like this idea that the Clintons are this corrupt cl criminal organization heads, or the Bushes are, or the Podestas are. Like I, You don't have to reach the same conclusions I've reached to be as concerned as I am about it. I want you to be on my side that this needs to be investigated or it needs to be talked about. That's the thing. Here's how I know it's true. You want to, Here's how I know it's true again. Like, no one, you can't argue it. You won't be able to talk to me about it. You can't talk about it. Because if you're, if you're someone who's listening right now to what I'm ta telling you and you don't believe me, what you will say to me inevitably and what I've heard so long. Oh, you're one of those crazy folks. You're one of those nutters. Throw him away. Conspiracy theorist. Oh, mm. I get it. Like, I don't care. I'm very confident in my beliefs. And, I, and I'm willing to have the conversation with you that you're not willing to have. It's going to make you uncomfortable, not me. It makes my family uncomfortable. It makes my friends uncomfortable. It doesn't make me uncomfortable to talk about Pizzagate. Oh, yeah, sucks. We just learned that the Catholic Church had 300 priests out in Pennsylvania who raped a thousand kids. But you just learned that story, right? But I could tell you about nunneries in, nunneries not the right word, <laughs> convents and orphanages in like Ireland and in Massachusetts and little boys' homes in Nebraska, or, or again, I think in Massachusetts, prisons for youth all across this country where bodies are buried. Hundreds of bodies. It was an, an Irish orphanage, an Irish orphanage run by nuns where like dozens of infants were buried, unmarked, over the course of like 20 years or 30 years or a long time, whatever. These things happen. Pizzagate is nothing but the idea that the government is facilitating trafficking. Oh my god, how strange. Except if you've watched that, the movie with Tom Cruise just came out, which was essentially about Iran-Contra, which is essentially 
Bill Clinton and the Reagan administration working together to transport cocaine in and out of South America. And then the CIA sells drugs in this country. If you don't know that, you're just an uninformed citizen. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. You're uninformed. If you don't understand that the CIA traffics weapons and drugs in America for profit. I'm not a conspiracy theorist for suggesting the CIA has some say in what the Washington Post reports when the CIA has a $500 million contract with Jeff Bezos. I'm not the conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist for thinking that Uranium One is unethical at its face. And we've never been given an honest explanation about it. And from day one, again, it's been labeled a conspiracy theory. And that if I even suggest it, I'm an alt-right crazy job. They get you to put labels on people so that you don't listen to them. And I hate that. I hate sitting here trying to explain things to people and justify my intelligence to people because of what I believe. But it's okay for Russiagate and for the idea that Vladimir Putin is sitting with his hand up Donald Trump's ass. It's okay that that gets talked about 24-7 ad nauseum despite a single shred of evidence. No, you no, no one has any evidence of anything. And these indictments that come out of nowhere against Paul Manafort about Ukrainian business, about lobbying with the Podestas who received immunity. Why don't those facts get talked about? So, I mean, let's get back to the beginning. Now that we've talked about all that, I hope you're on my side. If you're still listening to this, here's what the point of this whole recording is about. Thank you for soldiering through. It gets lost how amazing it is that those people don't run this country anymore. It's a blessing, and every day you should be grateful. The Clintons are done, Obama is done. The Bushes are done. They have nothing to do with what happens in American politics right now. Aside from the few senators and the few congressmen who still are under their thumb for whatever the hell reason, whether it's blackmail or some sense of loyalty or maybe some misguided belief that one day they go, they'll have power again. They're done. Over. Finished. Thank you, Donald Trump. It was worth it for that alone. If Donald Trump decided tomorrow to start a fascist government, I won't regret my vote for him because at least then we'd have to overthrow Donald Trump. And if we overthrow Donald Trump, we'll get to start this damn country over. But if Hillary Clinton became president, we might as well just all put ourselves down with cyanide injections like we were in Jonestown. Oh, did you know that? You're about to be a conspiracy theorist. You didn't know that in Jonestown, like a majority of the people who were found dead were lying face down in neat rows with injection marks in the back of their necks, not from drinking the Kool-Aid? Where the expression comes from? I don't know what happened to Jonestown. I don't know what happened to Monica Peterson. Have you ever heard the name Monica Peterson? Oh, I bet you haven't. Monica Peterson was a journalist. She studied uh, and reported on trafficking, human trafficking. And she went down to Haiti in the wake of the earthquake to investigate the Clinton Foundation because she believed that they were trafficking children out of Haiti. And she told her friends back home that she had found some interesting shit and they weren't going to believe it. And she was kind of afraid. 
And then she was found hanged by her boyfriend and was ruled a suicide, and that was the last anyone ever heard of it. Except her mom, at her funeral, went out of her way to say that she didn't believe that Monica had killed herself. I don't know what happened to Monica Peterson. I don't know if it was a suicide or not. But in coordination with Laura Silsby, who was trafficking children out of Haiti, and whose lawyer, who represented her in her trafficking case, which she was convicted of, also was convicted of trafficking children out of Haiti, when she was found at the border with 30 children who were undocumented and who were not orphans, and claiming that she was going to bring them to an orphanage, was then convicted of trafficking, was then helped directly by Bill and Hillary Clinton themselves. They made it a priority to get her out of Haiti, to get her charges dropped. So, I mean, the context of these things that happen, and then read Peter Schweitzer's book about Haiti. And then take the pieces that I just told you, research them for yourself, because maybe I'm lying to you. Maybe I am a, maybe I am a lunatic. I am a complete lunatic. I have no sense of reality. I can't discern fact from fiction. Maybe that's the case. So, just out of your own curiosity, because it's a good story I'm telling, research what I just said, the names I said, Monica Peterson, Google her. Do some deep digging. Don't go to the New York Times. Don't go to the Washington Post. Just go find the actual firsthand articles from the, the, the day she died. And then what researchers found subsequently. Research and learn. Donald Trump, as president of the United States right now, is fighting a war for the minds of the country against the entire media establishment, against the Democrat establishment, against everything that had built itself up over decades of corruption. And I don't know whether or not he's going to be successful. I don't know whether or not he has all of our best intentions in mind. I don't know whether or not he is going to be a great president. Actually, I'm pretty confident he will be, but I can't be sure. How would I know? But all I do know is that this country needs a good president. And what it also needs is a good citizenry with civil dialogue, with an understanding that the people that we trusted the most, the people that we trust the most are the most likely to betray us. And and all the corruption and tragedy that we see around this country, the failing, like, let's think about it just in logistic problem solving ways like the reality of america today let's look at all the issues our bridges and roadways are failing and insufficient our country is in enormous debt our wars are never ending our police forces need complete overhauls our healthcare system is in shambles our education system is letting us down there are dozens and dozens and dozens of signs of societal decay that have taken place not over the last two years since donald trump has been president but going back decades and it's only since donald trump's been elected that we've seen progress we have seen progress you're lying to yourself if you're saying that we haven't seen progress you're lying to yourself or you're being lied to and you're trusting the wrong people ISIS has been eliminated under Trump. It has nothing to do with Obama. The Obama administration funded ISIS. They armed ISIS. Do you not believe that? That's a fact you can Google and find the truth about. They have nothing to do with the Obama administration. This economy is booming. I like 
when people say, oh, but the trend started under Obama. Go look at the actual trend lines, you dope. Under Obama, they were up and down and pretty consistently steady. And Donald Trump came and deregulated and changed your tax laws and is currently doing everything he can to completely rewrite American trade. And all you can do is say that dumb thing that sounds so vapid. Like, it is completely devoid of any real knowledge of anything that mean, that happens economically in this country. The only way you can believe that Obama has anything to do with the success the stock market and our GDP have seen has anything to do with Obama. It, it takes the most blind ignorance and willing uh, gullibility, I think, in existence. Probably. So even if you don't think any of the conspiratorial aspects of what I'm saying is true, the fact is Donald Trump has been a good president. We should be grateful. And <laughs> and the past administrations were abjectly poor. Maybe the Obama administration would have been fair if you want to say that a lot of the problems he inherited from Bush, like the wars and the debts and the you know the joblessness but he contributed negatively to most of those things like the obama administration expanded our wars the obama administration expanded our debt and the obama administration increased our financial uh, disparity i think in the coming days the Trump administration is going to reveal a number of things to this country. And I think when America comes to the realization, and I'm talking about the America that I was talking about at the beginning, that don't pay attention. The America that doesn't really care. When they start to realize that the previous administration, the president of the United States, in his lofty power, in his knowledge that Hillary Clinton was going to win, and his confidence that he would never face consequence, spied unilaterally on the opposing candidate, the candidate for the opposing party, the candidate for the, for the complete opposite ideology that he openly despised, spied on him. And then disseminated that information, not just among his political allies, not just to Hillary Clinton, not just to the intelligence community to launch an unethical investigation, but also to the media to smear him in the public. Once that is exposed, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. And that's just going to be the first domino to fall. They spied on Donald Trump because she had to win. So even though they knew she was going to win, right? They knew it. It was something they knew in their gut. It was an, ins it was a, they had all the cards. They held all the knowledge of how everything was going to work. And then they added the fact that they have the spying capabilities of the United States. There's no possible way, but you know what? The will of the people in this country is very strong and they underestimated you. They underestimated your resolve and your ability to understand that something isn't right and that you needed someone from the outside. And as much as people want to deny that Donald Trump isn't the same as these people, Donald Trump is hated by these people because he runs outside of the circles of these people. D.C. corruption is a separate thing. 
Political corruption in this country is an elite class. And they live in D.C. like it was Sodom and Gomorrah. That is an empire to a corrupt establishment. It's okay. I know. You feel betrayed. But it's okay. Because we're getting rid of them. But we're only getting rid of them if you're willing to talk about the truth and you're willing to stand up to the news media, you're willing to stand up to your friends who believe things that you know are fake, but you have to nod and agree because you don't want them to get upset. You got to stop. And you got to be honest with what's happening in this country. Donald Trump is doing a good job. And there's a reason for that. Because the people who came before him were intentionally doing bad jobs. They were selling this country piece by piece to our enemies, to China, to Saudi Arabia, to Russia. They were doing that. Hillary Clinton sold uranium to Russia. The Clintons and the Bush administration sold parcels of land on our state secrets to Russia uh, to China. The Chinese knew where our spies were and they killed them. The Chinese recreate our battleships. The Chinese recreate our technologies. They know what we're doing because our secrets are being sold to them. Oh my God, how crazy. Conspiracy theorist. God. Saudi Arabia financed 9-11 <laughs> and they are they are donating all of their money to Hillary Clinton and, and it's crazy to think that maybe, just maybe Hillary Clinton is on the take look I'm going to end it here it's been a long ranty recording and if anyone listens to this I will I'll buy you lunch. If you listen to this, this is like an audio coupon. I don't know if it's ever been done in a podcast. If you, if you listen to this and you enjoyed it or you hated it or whatever, but you want to go and talk more about it, send me a message on Twitter and request we have a lunch meeting and we can talk about this over lunch. I will, I will treat you to lunch. One free lunch with me if you actually got to this point in the podcast. Um, yeah, I was going to end it with something, but now I've forgotten what I was going to say because I had the idea for the coupon. So I wonder if that's going to be better than what I had planned to say. Um, I know it's crazy and hard to, to swallow a lot of this stuff. And I want to talk about Pizzagate. I want to talk about really crazy QAnon. I want to talk about really crazy conspiratorial stuff because people hate it. You hate it so much. But because you hate it, you have to recognize why you hate it. It makes you uncomfortable. Because you've been conditioned to believe that there's no way it's true. Your news tells you out of hand what's true and false without explaining to you why. Or at least being honest with why. And because of that, if you can get yourself to admit to yourself that you can't trust the news and that politicians are corrupted by power and then start entertaining the possibilities of what could happen if those two things are true. If your news media lies and your politicians are corrupt, how bad could it get? My only argument to you is that it's very bad. But Donald Trump knows about it and is trying to help. Because he likes this country. And I like this country. Um, 
And how convinced do you really have to be? What do you need to be? Do you need to see enough evidence to be like 10% convinced that your children are being raped by politicians and like sold into sex slavery around the globe to the richest people in the world? Or like child pornography and child sex trafficking is facilitated by people with connections to the government? Because how would it, how would trafficking, look at how much money, sorry, look at how much money human trafficking, and this is what I wanted to say earlier, look at how much money human trafficking, like literally, literally find these facts. How much money human trafficking generates per year and then um, like organ trafficking, all the trafficking in the world. And look at those black markets that are created. And then ask yourself how with a sophisticated intelligence dragnet like the NSA, CIA, and FBI, how operations like that operate that at that scale? At that scale. How does it get that big? And who could stop it? Because that's heavy stuff. Because I think the answer only comes down to one thing. And it's like, oh, well, the only way this happens is if it's allowed to happen. And because if it wasn't allowed to happen, why wouldn't we be talking about it every day? If Pizzagate were fake, (laughs) if Pizzagate were fake, they would just come out with the statistics that show that child sex trafficking isn't insanely, insanely prevalent. And that Donald Trump hasn't been doing a lot to combat it. And that all the things you hear are lies. And they would come out and they would present that to you point by point by point. But you get the stupid sex in a basement stuff. Yes, I mean, part of Pizzagate, of course, is the notion that Comet Ping Pong's owner, James Elephantis, is a dirty man. <laughs> Sorry, James. I hope you don't sue me for libel. I'm just saying what they said. I don't know if I believe that. But I have seen your Instagram account. If you think that Pizzagate is about having sex in the basement of Comet Ping Pong, a restaurant I've eaten in. You've been lied to by the media. Recognize your media lies to you and then find out the truth. Have the desire to want to know the truth. Have the desire to want to be an informed citizen. Have the desire to want to vote for your best interest. Have the desire to want to fight back. Have the desire to want to wake up. Have the desire to be a thinking human being and then come tell me I'm a conspiracy theorist because I think if you do that, you might at least recognize that not everything I say is crazy. Some of it is true and maybe we'll disagree on the finer points. Maybe we'll get to a point where you go one way and I go mine, but that's okay hey, we can disagree. I don't care if you don't agree with me. But if you dismiss me out of hand, it makes me want to just just go like that. Like, ah! All right. That's enough of this shit. Um, hope you had a good time listening. I don't know if I'll ever record again. I probably will. Hopefully I do. Uh, but I hope you are there to listen when I do. And um, the coupon will stand. Have a good night.